Welcome to the Health Leaders Women in Healthcare Leadership Podcast. I'm Melanie Blackman, Strategy Editor and Podcast Host for Health Leaders. My guest for today's episode is Tanya Blackman, Executive Vice President and Chief Diversity, Inclusion, and Equity Officer for Novant Health. During today's conversation, Tanya shares the health system's initiatives she leads around DEI, health equity, and healthcare worker well-being. She also offers leadership advice for current healthcare leaders around DEI and health equity and shares advice for future leaders. So without further ado, please enjoy our conversation. So Tanya, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. It's really great to speak with you. Well, I'm excited to speak with you as well. During the pandemic, your team at Novant Health had launched Thriving Together, a program to address the well-being of the health system's workforce. Can you talk a little bit about the program and how it's helped healthcare workers during the pandemic? I, I would be happy to, and I wish I could say that it only lasted a year, but I believe we're going into our third year and our team members have been on the front lines of this pandemic and have really proven to be healthcare heroes, even though they would not call themselves healthcare heroes. But when you think about them serving our communities, taking care of our patients, taking care of each other, and taking care of their own families and loved ones, they really are heroes. Um, so uh, it's been a long haul for all of us. And it really has highlighted um, our commitment to our people. You know, when there's a crisis, you really realize what's important. And we have a people credo that we really keep in our mind that says um, that our business is about caring for all people, but it starts with our team members. And so we've done just that, we really started looking at what are some needs of our team members during this pandemic. So we created the Thriving Together platform so that we could focus on promoting health and wellness for our team members during the pandemic. And it had um, several focus areas, human connection, financial and community resources we found were great needs, physical health, leadership, how to lead in a challenging environment, and then emotional wellness for our team members. We realized also that there was a lot of burnout. As I mentioned, we're going on almost three years and so there was a lot of burnout, not just in our own healthcare system, but I think around the country, healthcare systems were finding there was burnout around their team members. So we had to make sure that we were taking care of the people that are in, on the team already, and then looking at how do we recruit new team members in a space of, um, where there's a pandemic? How do you create new providers or doctors as well as team members? And one of the things that we did as an executive team is that we pulled together uh, $13 million and put this in a fund called our Hope for the Remarkable Aubergine Team Fund. And that fund provided financial assistance to team members for basic living needs, like housing, food, transportation. We were able to serve, I think it was over 13,000 team members during that time. Team members to this day still talk about how important that fund was. We thought we established that fund and it would be gone over after a year and it went probably about 15, 16 months. And then we realized that COVID was still here. So we um, decided just recently to give each full-time team member the option of receiving an additional week of pay or an equivalent CAF award to help them through 
um, this pandemic. That was an additional $40 million that we invested in our team members to make sure we were providing as much care for them as we were to our patients in the community. We, we really believe that um, if you're going to deliver world-class care, you have to care for the people that are caring for the patients. And so we're continuously looking at innovative ways to make sure our team members know that they're valued and that we want them to thrive at Novant Health. And are there plans to kind of continue this program, you know, past the pandemic? Yes, um, we are We are going to continue thriving together. And um, we're focusing a lot on the emotional well-being of team members. We have a program called EHAT, and that's really um, about peer support team members um, helping and supporting and identifying when a team member is feeling burnout and needs some additional support and help. We have an employee assistance program that's a part of this Thriving Together that will continue to be a part of this. Our spiritual care program is also a program that will be ongoing. So yes, we'll continue to think of ways to make sure that our team members are thriving. That's awesome. And then what other upcoming well-being or DEI initiatives are you excited to lead this year? Uh, there are several initiatives that we're planning to continue or um, start in this year. One of the things that I'm really proud of is how we have had long-term, we call them long-term goals here for three years. And our most recent long-term goal really focused on increasing the percentage of breast cancer screening mammograms um, for patients, uh, for women in all um, races and ethnicities. We had a real focus on two of the fastest growing populations, our Latinas and our Asian um, American women. And we noticed that they um, had lower screening rates than other races. And so we, as a company, decided we would make this a three-year long-term goal to really focus on increasing the mammogram screening rates for those populations. And as I mentioned, all women. It's really kind of using a, a health equity lens where we looked at the data and that's how we discovered that there was a disparity there. So we'll continue to work on health equity and identifying uh, healthcare disparities by using something we call real gaps. We look at all of our quality and safety data by race, ethnicity, language, gender, age, hair, sexual orientation, gender identity, zip codes, um, geographic locations, so that we can really find out who's getting the care, who has access to care, and who does not. So we will we will continue to do that because we see it as a shared driver in achieving our mission to improve the health of our communities one person at a time. Mm -hmm. And especially through the COVID-19 pandemic, I know DEI and health equity initiatives, they've come to the forefront. What advice do you have for healthcare organization executives around really addressing DEI and health equity and going from, you know, talking about addressing these issues to putting that into action. One of the things I'd say that I think has been very important for Novant Health is that we approach um, embedding diversity, inclusion, equity as a culture change strategy. Some organizations think about it as a program. We felt like since this was a core value of ours, we had to approach it as a culture change strategy. And we wanted to make sure that we as an organization were aligned with 
What does diversity mean? What does inclusion mean? What does equity mean? What does health equity mean? Um, in a lot of times when people think of the word diversity, they go straight to thinking about race and only black and white. And for us, there were many dimensions of diversity that we wanted to capture. And so we defined and looked at visible characteristics of diversity or dimensions, as well as less visible dimensions of diversity. A lot of organizations also define diversity, but inclusion is much harder because you have to be intentional. And so we took the time to define inclusion as well. And then I think equity is harder than inclusion because you have to look at tools and resources that people have access to or don't have access to. And so as an organization, we made sure we understood that. And then defining health equity, which is in healthcare, which is our ultimate goal, is to improve the health of our communities one person at a time. And for us, that meant the attainment of the highest level of health for all people, all dimensions of diversity. So um, I would say to people to think about it as a culture change strategy versus a program and checking a box. I would also say is that it's important to get your CEO as um, a part of that. And in Novon Health, our CEO really recognized the importance of diversity, inclusion, and equity, particularly since it's a core value. And so we wanted to make sure that we knew how we were going to operationalize that as a company. A couple of things that we've done as we work to bolster economic development for our team members, and this is a part of equity, is that we've implemented a couple of programs. One is our upward mobility program, RN scholarship program. And so any team member, we started with our CNAs or certified nursing assistants, but now any team member who aspires to be a nurse, we will help them do that. Um, it's really a way for us to grow our own nurses in our system, but we will provide scholarships for any team member who wants to be a nurse and needs financial assistance. Uh, we want to make sure that they stay whole so we continue their salary and even give them time to study for their exams so that they can be a nurse. So we're really excited about that. We've graduated several nurses um, in the program that are now nurses. In that program, they also get mentors. I know I mentioned the importance of mentors before. They will get a mentor as a part of the program to help them navigate schooling as well as the system. And also they'll get a preceptor to help them become, a, when they become a nurse, to help them learn how to do that. There's another program called Leveraging Internal Female Talent, and it's called LIFT. And this is a program designed to prepare our high potential women for advancement opportunities in the organization. And what's been exciting about that, that the women who have gone through the program have either um, received additional responsibilities or have been promoted to another title in the organization. So we're really very excited about that. The third thing I mentioned is that uh, we've increased the compensation of Novant Health team members much more than the overall state mandated minimum wage. Novant Health now uh, calls it, a, we call it a healthy living wage, and there's no employee or no team member on our, in, our, in Novant Health that makes less than $15 an hour. That was about a $7 million investment in our workforce. So we're very excited about that. And then in terms of community and bolstering economic um, development, we have spent cumulatively since 2006 over a billion dollars 
with women and minority-owned business enterprises um, throughout our Novant Health footprint. Awesome. Yeah, it really sounds like Novant Health is not only talking the talk, but walking the walk as it's part of your core strategies. That is exactly right. Um, we, to tell you how much we do um, believe in this, we have really worked with our boards and the entire executive team. So our, our board is fully supportive and prioritizes diversity, inclusion, and equity on their agenda. We have uh, long-term metrics looking at how do we measure inclusion? How do we measure our supplier diversity? Are we really achieving health equity by closing healthcare disparity gaps? In our, in our organization. So our, it's been great to be a part of an organization where the CEO, the executive team, and the entire board supports this work. It makes us really know that it's real and that it's a valued strategic imperative for the organization. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Well, switching gears a little bit, I'd like to talk a little bit about you. So you had originally joined Novant Health in 1992, and then since then have held a variety of leadership roles. So what initially interested you about working in healthcare and healthcare leadership, and why such a big focus on DEI? My background, it's an interesting question. Uh, my background is in social work. I actually have a master's and bachelor's degree in social work, and I also have my MBA when I was asked to do this role, um, Carl said, you understand the people side and the business side of healthcare. And so for me, I uh, didn't initially seek out this role as the chief diversity inclusion equity officer. I work with people in different roles um, and I work with them every day and I work with people from all levels of authority in an organization. When I joined Novon Health in 1992, I was the director of case management. And I got to know working with nurses and physicians and the patients. And that was really great for me to understand healthcare from that perspective. Later in my career, I became the president of two of our hospitals, our um, Charlotte Orthopedic Hospital and also our Huntersville Hospital. And I was director of uh, clinical improvement and community care services. And so when I think about my role as a leader, I think about social work in that social work is based on systems theory. So you have to understand how each of the people in a family make that family system functional or dysfunctional. And so I take that knowledge into whatever work I do. In this role as the Chief Diversity, Inclusion and Equity Officer, I really look at what are the parts of the system? What are the needs of the people? What are the needs of our team members, our providers, what are the needs of our patients and how does the community connect to all of that? And so I really get excited about looking at all the pieces and parts of a system and to make it successful. In my role as hospital president, I also had the organization as a customer because I had to deliver on outcomes for the organization, whether that's patient satisfaction, financial outcomes, team member engagement, quality and safety outcomes, all those things have to come together and I really depend on every single person in the system to help make that happen. With your background as a social worker and also in the different leadership roles you've held in Novant Health, how have those all come together to create your current leadership style? How would you describe that? Um, I think I would describe my leadership style and I think my team that I've worked with and 
hundreds of people in the hospitals and my team now as well would say it's a it's a participatory leadership style. Think about Maya Angela's quote that says, people really don't care what you know, and I'm paraphrasing, don't care what you know. They really care about how you make them feel. And so in my role, I really try to understand people and really inspire them instead of looking at making people do things. I really try to understand them, influence and inspire them. I really believe that my mission and my life's purpose is to add value to the lives um, of the people that I serve, whether that's in the hospital, in the community, in my family, wherever it is. If I am adding value to someone's life, I'm very excited. And if, if I can give you just a quick example of a story. Absolutely. When I was uh, the president of one of our hospitals, I there was a, a team member who was responsible for getting jackets into the operating room for um, the people that are in surgery. So the doctors and the nurses who were in surgery all day. And so she came to my office one morning because she had gotten in trouble. She said she didn't have the jackets delivered on time. And she said, I don't know what's so big about a jacket. And I said to her, I pulled her into my office and said, well, let's just talk about that a minute. Let's talk about how important your role is. This team member was with environmental services. And I said, um, the operating room is about 60 degrees. And so when you think about doctors and nurses and scrub techs and others in the operating room, they have a long case. It could be an eight hour case. So you're standing, they're standing there for eight hours in short sleeves, freezing, and you've got a patient on the table. I said, your role in those jackets, um, is, they're so important because if they don't have the jackets, they really can't function and operate on this patient in the way that they want to if you're, if you're thinking about being cold. And she said, I never knew how important my role was. And I said, it's very important. We can't do it without you. So she went and got the, made sure the jackets were there. And from that moment on, she stopped by my office later and said, I've never been late delivering the jackets. And so that's what excites me is when I see that people truly do feel valued and they understand their role as a part of this big system and their role as a part of the team to deliver on our mission, to deliver on our remarkable patient experience vision and to really live out our values. That's one of compassionate care as well. I get really excited about that. No, I love that because we talk a lot about the work that executives and, and boards do, and it's important work, but also, you know, everyone below them helps move the health system or hospital and every role is essentially important. So I really love that story. Thank you for sharing. Oh, absolutely. Kind of talking about the C-suite what advice do you have for those in the workforce who maybe want to eventually jump into the C-suite or are answering a calling that is bringing them into the C-suite? That's, that's another great question that I think about. And I think about my own journey. One of the things that I remember in my journey is that you have to be assertive in your own learning. That sometimes people just do what's on their job description and they do that well. But you have to be assertive in learning more, um, understanding more about the business, more about people that you work with. I'll give you an example. When I was the 
before I became the president of the orthopedic hospital, I was the director of community care services. And I had an opportunity to learn more about customer service. And we had a program called Customer Service Excellence. The Learning and Development VP was asking for volunteers to be trained the trainers and really be able to facilitate conversations about customer service. And it wasn't a part of my job description, didn't have to do it, but I raised my hand to do that. And I will tell you, that was one of the best things that I did. I didn't know that I would need that skill, but when I went to the orthopedic hospital and we wanted to improve our customer service or patient satisfaction scores, I actually ended up developing a curriculum to teach or to facilitate, to educate team members about how to deliver excellent customer service. Had I not been assertive in my own learning in that situation, I don't know that I would have been able to develop a curriculum and been able to educate and facilitate discussions with my team. So I did that, and I did that on top of those classes during the week, on the weekends, and then after hours, just to let them know I was really a part of the team. And we improved our customer service scores to being leaders in our company. So uh, being assertive in my own learning was really important. No one asked me to do that, but I knew that I had to do that. I would also say that mentors are extremely important and eventually sponsors, but having people around you that you that are mentors to you that you can talk to, that you can trust about your own thoughts that will give you feedback on whether you did something really well and, or whether you really could have improved what you did. So I think when you're surround people that really care about you, you can create that environment. So I think having mentors, and then I'd say um, delivering on outcomes. I, I always tell people that our CEO wants us to enjoy working at Novon Health and to deliver on what we're supposed to. But he, while he's wanting you to enjoy working at Novon Health, he truly also wants you to deliver on our mission and our vision and our strategic imperatives and to walk the talk in terms of living and fulfilling our values. So I also would say I'm continually learning from others. And I think if a leader ever stops learning, they're in trouble because mm -hmm. the world keeps changing and we can't possibly know everything. I think we have to also be willing to ask questions and say, I don't know, or say, I made a mistake. Uh, another thing that's been important to me is listening. I uh, do a listening tour when, when we started embedding or changing our culture with diversity, inclusion, and equity. I did a listening tour across the company to understand where people are, to hear their perspectives and to allow them to have a voice. And so I do that in my uh, everyday work, but I wanna make sure I'm having authentic conversations and building trusting relationships that are meaningful and that truly can fulfill my mission of adding value to the lives of the people that I touch and serve. The other piece that I'd say for me, it's important, it comes from my license tag, it's three Fs. For me, they stand for faith, family, and friends. And so my faith has been very important to me along my journey. I don't say this often when I've gotten interviewed, but I, um, I've, I pray about every role that I go into before I get the role, um, that it's the right thing, that it's the role that will help me to continue fulfilling the mission that I have to add value to the lives that um, we touch and serve. My mom, she used to say, you make one step and God makes two. So if you do everything within your power to get a position or to whatever it is you're doing, um, 
then, and if you don't get it, then it really wasn't meant for you at, or it wasn't meant for you at that time in your, in your career or your life. Mm -hmm. So I um, keep that kind of in the back of my mind when things happen, because there are challenging things. When you get to the C-suite or you become a leader, challenges don't go away. I think you have to face them head on um, and be intentional about what you want the outcome to be when there's a challenge. No, that is all excellent advice. I really, really appreciate you sharing that. Well, Tanya, thank you so much for joining me and sharing your expertise with us. Well, thank you very much for having me. I, I've enjoyed being a part of the podcast. And thank you, listeners, for joining us on the Health Leaders Women in Healthcare Leadership Podcast. Until next time, keep taking care of your patients and each other.